Welcome to Time Out for Anesthesia. In these episodes, you'll hear a variety of experts discuss data, analytics, and strategies that can help you modernize and empower your anesthesia practice. We want this podcast to really benefit you, so if you have any questions or a specific topic you'd like Time Out to discuss, you can email us at timeout at grapheumhealth.com. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Time Out for Anesthesia. Glad to have you all back for our next episode and really excited to have our next guest on. Uh, Tom Wilson is the Vice President of Sales for Graphium Health. Graphium Health actually powers this show. Uh, and so we're excited to have Tom on. Tom, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing great. Glad to be here. Glad to have you on, man. It's good to see you. Uh, Tom, we've been working together for eight years. Uh, but you've been with Graphium actually longer than that. How long have you been with Graphium in total? Well, I was employee number one, and I started in January of 2013. 2013. Ah, that number. <laughs> that seems so long ago anymore. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. yeah. Over, um, over nine years. So That's awesome. What brought you to Graphium in the first place? Well, I knew... Uh, Danny, Danny Dura, our CEO, current CEO, uh, really good friends with him uh, for several years before Graphium even started. In fact, um, he was working at Adobe when I first met him. And I remember him talking about this company that they had done some business with in Plano and that they had approached him and said, hey, we want to take you from Adobe. We want you to come and help, you know, be a partner. And we're going to start this interactive touchscreen technology company called Dato. Help us run it. Help us build it. And he talked to me about that. He's like, oh, I don't know. I'm nervous about leaving Adobe. I think I'm thinking about doing this thing. And, and so he left there. And, and that company, Dato, was actually the company that Jeff Zavaleta, our chief medical officer and one of the founders of the company, he went to Dato to say, hey, I've got this idea about this technology for anesthesia, and I want to see if you can build it for me. And so that's, I remember after he had that conversation with Jeff, that he came and told me, hey, I had this really cool conversation today with this, this anesthesiologist. And so, I mean, I was before I worked for Graphium, I was, I feel like I was kind of still involved, at least tangentially. I got to hear about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, I mean, now you're talking about the days when they were just, I mean, formulating a concept or whatever this thing even needed to be. I know Dr. Zavaleta had come uh, out of school and was just generally frustrated with kind of how everything was, especially from a technology perspective and from a data perspective. Um, he was still charting on paper right. and, but I don't think his whole thrust was really just make a digital paper record. No. Um, I think, I think the bigger thing for him was getting a hand, getting, getting a handle on data and being able to utilize it the way it's supposed to. Is that kind of like, is that kind of the conversations that were going on back then? Yeah. Dr. Z always wanted to have insight into what he was doing. Right. Yeah. The, the whole thing about electronic documentation wasn't just let's get rid of paper or let's make our documentation easier. It was more along the lines of once this is in an electronic format, then what can we do with it? I mean, we have access to reports and metrics and 
all sorts of things that we can use ourselves, but also share with the hospital, share to optimize our billing processes. You can just, it opens up a lot of doors, unlocks a lot of possibilities once that data is in an electronic format. For sure. Um, now, back then, the if you're talking 2013, I mean, had the iPad, I don't think the iPad had even been invented yet. Well, maybe generation one. I, I don't know. I have to go <laughs> back and do some history uh, to yeah, figure that out. But too. certainly not the iPad that we're using today, uh, which is the iPad Pro that has the, right. the pencil enabled. Definitely. Yeah, definitely not the Apple Pencil. That definitely had not been. That did not exist. And so we, we were not on the iPad to begin with. We were on a Windows device uh, that was built by motion computing. It was like a big ruggedized device, almost looked like something you would give a kindergartner, you know, to, to, to learn how to write on or something. Um, it was very big and bulky and, and super expensive. In fact, in the early stages, that was one of the biggest um, hangups, you know, in the sales process was, hey, you know, they love the software, but, oh, you got to buy this Windows, this motion computing device that costs $3,000. Um, right. <laughs> That was, it, it was quite a barrier to entry in the beginning. But for the time, I mean, for the time, those tablets were pretty sweet, right? I mean, it had the stylus that was super yeah. high fidelity and all kinds of good stuff. For what it did, and at the time, it was the best thing out there. Um, yeah. You know, its, its competition was more expensive and it didn't work as well. So we were definitely using the best device that was available at the time. It's just, you know, technology definitely kind of caught up and surpassed that. And so we went with went with the better option when that was available. Yeah. Uh, it's fun to think kind of back on those times. I remember the first time uh, I even was thinking about coming on the company. You and I were going to, uh, uh, I think it was um, ambulatory it was an, it was surgery an centers. Yeah. ASCA. Oh, to uh, the, I'm, talk, I'm talking about the conference. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, in in uh, Nashville, right? Yeah, where we where we chased the uh, one legged turkey. <laughs> For those of you who have not met Tom Wilson yet, um, I want I want to bring you kind of into the experience as I had it, um, not really fully understanding who Tom Wilson was. Now, Tom, you don't have uh, you, you went to you went to college. But you didn't go and get a degree in anesthesia, electronic medical records. What is your degree in? <laughs> no, thankfully not. Um, no, my degree is in wildlife biology. Wildlife biology. So, you know, I actually was this, this conference is actually kind of my interview somewhat for the for the position, um, as well as my chance to kind of review what this product was that we even had and. Um, and to meet the employee number one, who was Tom Wilson. And we, we go on. And I, uh, first and foremost, I want to tell you, I was, I, I actually called Randy Barker after the show. And I said, Hey man, I want to tell you this Tom Wilson, dude, he's the real deal. Uh, he knows what he's doing. You're a fantastic salesperson. Um, and I think, and I really, honestly, I think that's just because you don't come across like a salesperson. You have conversations with people because you care about people. Um, that's, that's something I've learned from you. Um, but, uh, you know, we went to the show for the first day and at the end of the first day, it was like, all right, what do you, what do we want to do after this? And I was like, oh, I, there's some restaurants around. I don't, you know, I don't really know. And you said, well, how, 
How'd you like to chase some wildlife? <laughs> and I don't, I think I, maybe I had heard tail or something like that, but, um, but that's what we did. We went out and we chased a one-legged turkey. Actually, I think now that I think about it, I think I might be confused. There was, there was another bird. I think there, there, I think that was another <laughs> show, another conference. <laughs> you were legitimate employee. The first experience was with a flying squirrel. Oh yeah. Flying and, squirrel. And a sandhill crane. And a sandhill crane. That was, I think the sandhill crane was probably the topper. I, we tell people that you caught a sandhill crane and they don't believe us. Well, I don't know that we should broadcast that out there because it's probably illegal to even. Chase. Well, like I mean, I we didn't even touch it, right? We no. just kind of observed. In, in in theory, hypothetically, one might be able to catch a sandhill crane in the <laughs> right environment, and one right. might, and one other person might be able to film the whole experience. But that's right. just hypothetical. Um, I think I think hypothetical documentation has since been destroyed. I'm not sure. <laughs> So anyway, this is, a, this is uh welcome to the kind of weird turns that Graphium Health takes every once in a while. Um, but uh, what's, I think we have a client, I don't want to, I don't want to bring them up necessarily. I don't know if they want us to share their name, but um, we have a recent animal and client connection that, that I think was unexpected. Um, you were out at this client's uh oh on site and you heard that somebody wanted was looking for what kind of animal well um we have a long-standing relationship with this client so we we know them very well at this particular onboarding um the ceo of the company um which is a large anesthesia group uh located in the southeastern united states the ceo of the company um who's also a practicing anesthesia provider uh decided to show up at this onboarding just to get to know everyone and meet everyone which I thought was a really cool thing to do. And so as he was there, he mentioned to another employee that his wife, they have a small farm, a cow, sheep, chickens, things. Um, his wife was, was really wanting some peafowl, so like a peacock and a peahen, but she couldn't find them anywhere. Uh, they, were, they were hard to find in her area. And she looked at a couple of places and, and of course, they're both busy people, so just um, didn't know if she was going to be able to find these these peafowl. So this other person, kind of our main point of contact at the company, was like, "Man, I really wish I could get her some peafowl. I know she <laughs> love it." So I said, "Hey, i I can get I can get you a couple of peafowl. You know, that's not a big deal. I get a, a peacock and a peahen. I'll bring it up to the office." And I think when I first said it, she she thought I was joking. She's like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I can do that." Yeah. So we 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 looked at the calendars and we picked a date. I was like, "Yeah, okay, two weeks from now on Monday, I'll show up with a couple of peafowl. We'll bring them into the conference room. We'll surprise her with it." And so that, that's exactly what we did. We got the whole thing on video. But uh, yeah. I actually we have a couple of pictures. We can leave some space here. I think John can probably show us some pictures of the peafowl yeah absolutely there yeah. they are <laughs> incredible it was quite a trip yeah rented a car and uh picked up the the peafowl were both in the back of like a dog carrier a medium-sized dog carrier and we we made the trip up to uh 
an undisclosed location. I probably shouldn't say exactly where they are. People start putting the, putting the pieces together, but yeah, it was it was a fun drive with a couple of uh, peafowl in the back of a rental car. Well, that's cool. I think you know, as funny of a story and bizarre kind of as a story as that is to some people, I think at the same time, I think that probably points out the kind of relationship you like to have with clients. Um, I don't think uh, my experience with you anyway isn't that you like to have a kind of nameless, faceless relationship with clients. You like to know them. You like to get to know them. Um, I think that's kind of, I think you live in that world. And I think that does good things for our company. Would you say that's true? I hope so. I mean, I, I hate it when people refer to us as a vendor. Yeah. I'd much rather just be a partner. Um, when when our customers succeed, we succeed. So I feel like when we get someone to sign a contract with us, it's almost like we're establishing a partnership, not just closing a deal. And we're going to work uh, with you to help you be successful because the more successful you are, the more successful we will be as a company. That's how I see it. Totally. And I think, and I think that's really rare. Um, I think when we come across some people who might have worked with other companies or other vendors in our space, uh, they're not used to getting that kind of attention, especially the larger you get. I think I think maybe larger companies anticipate an experience that is a little bit more faceless and nameless, unless you're a big decision maker in the company or something like that. And I think you'll, I think what most people would find is that Graphium clients have a really personalized kind of experience. They can reach out to the VP of sales and talk to them about PFAL, but they also have usually a direct line uh, to their own support representative. And they know them by first name. They know who's going to be taking care of them. And have conversations on the regular. And I think I think that's probably something rare and really, really welcome in the healthcare space in general, but um, especially in the anesthesia space. It's certainly something that we hear people say. And whenever we have um, people who come from our competition and say, hey, I, I like to ask them, hey, what was your experience over there? Why are you looking for other, um, you know, products or services from outside of them? What did they do wrong, essentially? And that's one of the first things they bring up is that the the, the customer service wasn't there. Um, the product was okay. The software worked okay. But if they needed to get someone on the phone, it was hard to do. If they needed to make changes, it was almost impossible. No one ever gotten back to us. Um, we felt like we were all on our own, all by ourselves. Um, after they closed the deal, they kind of disappeared. So... We try not to be that way. We try really hard not to be that way. Yeah. Um, and I think and I think that comes from our own personal experiences of how we want customer service to be. Um, that's great. I I I admire, I admire, I know, I know I work for the company, but I admire that. And I think it's I think it's um it motivates me uh to do even better. And so anyway, and I think Tom, I think you've contributed so much to that type of culture. Uh, and I really appreciate you for it. Um, final question. This one's going to put you a little bit on the spot. Um, okay. So, you know, get ready. Ready. Here it comes. Um, as you were, I mean, you've been in the anesthesia world for nine years, maybe even a little bit more than nine years now. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say in that time? And you can give me more than one answer if you want. But in that time, what would you say is the number one, number two challenge that anesthesia providers are facing that we help them handle? 
Hmm. Well, I'll tell you the, the good big, one. yeah, no, that's a great question. The big challenge that we hear time and time again is, is just around the, the billing process, especially if we're working with customers who are at multiple locations with multiple different EMRs and facilities that use different EHR, EMR vendors, scheduling systems, a variety of different software products. And they're trying to bill for cases. They're trying to encourage their providers to document everything that is required so that they can bill for a case when it's when it's over. And then and then once the case is documented, even if it's documented properly, then you got to find a way to get that information back to one centralized hub, right? So that's right. Then process those forms, process those claims, get the data entered into the billing software and prepare it to, you know, to be sent to the clearinghouse. So that whole um, challenge of the the process that it takes, uh, you know, being able to streamline that and and find a a consistent way to do that across every facility within an organization is probably the number one challenge that we hear about. Um, and, and we solve that problem very easily and very, right. uh, seamlessly. And we have a great solution for that. If people are, are, are struggling with that. Um, the other thing I, th- I think that is a big challenge right now, and of course this applies to some and doesn't apply to others is just the macro MIPS, you know, confusion that exists in the marketplace right now, even from the, the, the essence of like, do I even need to report is, you know, most providers don't even know. Um, right. Some are reporting simply because they don't want to take the chance of, Oh, I should have been reporting and I'm not. So they're just going to report just to cover their bases. Others are looking at it and saying, well, it's, I'm not going to report because it's not even a big enough penalty to report. And I'm not worried about, I mean, you, when we go out into the marketplace, we we see a spectrum of people who it seems like it's their number one priority all the way over to people who think they don't care about it at all. They don't want to talk about it. They don't even want to hear the word macro um, and then everything in between. So it, it's difficult for us. And because it changes so much, you know, it's just keeping up with what is the latest rules, regulations and and, and being able to find a a good way to present that to the marketplace so that everybody can understand uh, what they need to do and how is the best way to do it and and to make sure that they avoid any penalties and maximize their reimbursement. Right. And I think for both of those, uh, both the macro compliance and the billing processes, there's just so much information in the middle of all of that to dissect. Um, And I think one of the things that uh, our team helps with the most is just consolidating the information to get it down to what you need, what you need to hear, and then taking care of the details so that people don't have to worry about it. I think that's where, um, you know, our team, Dr. Zavaleta and Matt Oldham both shine really, really well as grabbing that information, disseminating it and making it into something usable um, and then inserting it into our product lineup um, so that people can have what they need without, without a whole lot of effort. So, yeah, I totally agree. Really great answer. You pass. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that's the time we have for today. Tom, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, thank you, David. Have a good day, man.
You too. We'll see you guys in the next episode of Time Out for Anesthesia. Bye-bye.